Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back. It's another fresh edition of the Coaching Chatter Podcast. I feel like we've been gone for years, but we're back. We're back with some. Uh, we're back with the chatter. A lot to chatter about here. Joining me, uh, as always, is Craig Ladd. You can find him at D Craig Ladd. You can find him also at Sore Athletic Training. Uh, and it's just the two of us, Craig. Uh, no Kurt. He's still in. Uh, he's still in internet purgatory. So just the two of us today again. Craig, what's up, man? Corey, uh, glad to be back on. Uh, beautiful day in uh, Middle Tennessee, and and plenty. Hey, you know, even though the uh, the the off season, um, there's still plenty to talk about with this transfer portal. It's um, you know, it, it's twenty four seven three sixty five right now with college football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This transfer portal is on fire. Guys going here, there, and everywhere. So I think July 1st is the deadline, so we can talk more transfers when things get settled. But uh, I've heard Donovan Kaufman is down between uh, FSU and Auburn. I think those are the two favorites uh, for him. So I, I, I look forward to seeing where he ends up. Is he going to end up with Mike Norvell, who recruited him heavily uh, out of high school? And has several uh, assistants that that he really liked and felt really comfortable down in Tallahassee. Or is he going to go with former head coach Derek Mason to the Plains at Auburn? Uh, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I still, uh, you know, that one that one's wide open. I, I could see him going to either place. You know, he has the connections with both. Um, you know, but if you stuck a gun to my head, I, I would probably say he he's going to Auburn. Yeah, I would too. I would too. I, it, it it's hard. It's a hard sell to go to Tallahassee right now, um, but you know, with this name, image, likeness, that might make some of these undesirable programs desirable, depending on what market they're in. So we can get into that here in a little bit. But um, our show is presented by BetOnline.ag. We're also presented by the Keller Williams Group, the hometown team. Kenny Salas Realty. We're also uh, brought to you by him as well and his team. Kenny doing great things here in Wilson County. Uh, both you and I, Craig, reside in Tennessee. So if you're looking for real estate in the Middle Tennessee area, most notably Wilson County and Lebanon, go see my friends at the hometown team, uh, Kenny Salas and his crew. Kenny and Kelly, especially, are are killing it in the in the uh, in the realty world. Uh, hometown team 615.com. You can also find them on social media, K Salas Realtor, at K Salas Realtor on Twitter. And I think it's just at Kenny Salas on Instagram. And I think it's uh, Kenny Salas on Facebook. So um, they have drawings all the time. So you can find them as well. BetOnline.ag. We're also presented by them. That is your 
Uh, That's the best place to go if you want to make some quick bets. And uh, I, I think, Craig, I'm going to venture into... I'm going to venture into betting on baseball a little bit. I'm, I'm going to try my hand at that and and seeing what I can get with baseball. I like it. You know, uh, baseball is, you know, really pitcher driven. So, uh, you know, little hint for you, Corey, uh, you want to look at uh, the starting pitcher and what his uh, record is against the opposing team. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I will be sure to do that uh, before I place my bets. Um, I don't want to go for a number five starter against the Yankees ace. Uh, that would be Correct. stupid. So, yes. <laughs> as I said earlier, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It has you covered. Bet Online has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and you can literally bet on anything, and it's free to sign up. So, just like me, I'm going to do this. Actually, I already have done this um, because I've played a lot on, on Bet Online. But what you need to do is head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Now, Craig, let's start. I want to start with the draft because I, I think we had planned on talking about the draft last week. I think time got away from me, especially. I don't know about you, but time got away from me. We weren't able to connect. We weren't able to find a date to 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 record. So I want to talk a little bit about the draft. We we won't spend too much time on it, uh, but I do want to I do want to touch on a few things. Let's talk about the quarterbacks first. Are you surprised, Craig, at the order in which the quarterbacks were selected? No. I'm not. Um, you know, it was a, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence was going to be number one. Then after that, there was a little, maybe a little hesitation, not much, especially after Zach Wilson's uh, workout at BYU. He was unbelievable. I, I, he forced the Jets to take him, even if they had any doubts it was going to be that. Now, the fact that San Francisco trades up and – to number three, that was the wild card. Nobody really knew what they were going to do, and they take Trey Lance, uh, you know. And on paper, you kind of look at that and you go, well, wait a minute, that that was a little odd, but he really rose up uh, in, into the draft. Uh, uh, you know, the thing is, the fact he played at North Dakota State, uh, you know, that throws up some red, a little red flags there. And the fact, it really, if you look at it, lack of experience, as yeah. a starting quarterback, Corey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that plays a factor into it. But then again, he's going into a situation where I don't believe that he's going to be asked to start day one. You know, I, I think what you're going to see with Trey Lance is he's going to learn from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then when Garoppolo undoubtedly, uh, or I guess inevitably is the right word, gets hurt, then you got Trey Lance to step in. And hopefully Trey Lance has learned a few things uh, during training camp. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think that's a great situation for him. You know, I, I was worried that Trey Lance, for his development, that he was going to go somewhere like maybe maybe the Jets were going to select Trey Lance. And, you know, the Jets are in a much di- more dire situation, having gotten rid of Sam Darnold uh, to Carolina. So with Trey Lance, the skill set that he brings, the the arm talent that he brings, the athleticism and the ability – I think he's a great fit for Kyle Shanahan's system. I mean, what quarterback wouldn't be a great fit, honestly? But you know, I think if you're going to go with a with a great quarterback for that system, 
I think he's a more athletic Garoppolo. I, I think he can, you know, Garoppolo is a, I, I love Garoppolo as a quarterback. I think he does a lot of great things, and I think he fits really well within Shanahan's system. It's just he gets injured too dang often. But with Trey Lance, you you get a bigger, more powerful athlete. It gives you another added dimension in the quarterback run game. It gives you more dimensions uh, in play action and and sprint out passing. He also has a big live arm that he can push the ball vertically down the field. So I, I think Kyle Shanahan is thinking like, hey, you know, I've got, and I, I guess even better comparison would be like a a way more athletic version of Matt Ryan, which those of you who don't know, in the second year of Shanahan's system, Matt Ryan was, I don't know, the league MVP. So I'm excited about where Trey Lance landed. I think he landed in the perfect spot for him. Uh, he's not relied on day one. Zach Wilson, I'm worried about him because the Jets are a freaking mess. They're still, they've got four slot receivers and one outside guy, right? They've got Elijah Moore. They drafted him. Uh, they've got Jamison Crowder. They signed Corey Davis. Who plays the outside receiver for them? They have no height whatsoever on that uh, in, in that receiving core. And you need you need at least one more person opposite of Denzel Mims that can be a vertical threat or even a threat in the jump ball game. Corey Davis, I don't think gives you that. Uh, Jamison Crowder definitely doesn't give you that. And Elijah Moore is a perfect slot guy. So what do you do with all those jet receivers? That's it. That's another question. We'll answer that maybe another day uh, when we're doing NFL breakdowns or NFL preseason stuff, but and when we're taking a look at some of these new coaches. But I, I think with the quarterback situation there, Zach Wilson's going to have his hands full. Maybe they didn't draft the right type of bodies, but then again, who knows? I, I, I like the uh, Elijah Vera Tucker draft pick. Any anything you can do to protect Zach Wilson is uh, is great. But um, the Bears trading up to to number eleven to get Fields. How do you feel about that? I like it. Uh, they, they obviously have had problems at quarterback. Uh, uh, it, it did not work out several years ago when they had the number one pick, obviously. Uh, and they're going to give it another shot. Uh, you know, Field, if Field's draft, you know, he, he, he dropped a lot. You know, there were a lot of things that came out that, you know, uh, and it's unfortunate that they pick you to death and find every little thing that they can look for to, to, knock you down i think that's going to end up benefiting uh the bears because i think they got a really really good quarterback arguably the second best quarterback in this draft uh at number 11 it was right. number 11. yeah number 11 I, yeah. I think it's an excellent pick yeah i do too i think it's a steal um honestly i don't know how fields fell that far but i guess you, you had the quarterback needy teams pick their people uh i think I think Fields would have killed it in San Francisco, but then again, I think every quarterback in this draft would probably kill it in San Francisco, even Mac Jones. Um, I'm surprised the team didn't trade up to get him. Uh, I, I thought that I thought Atlanta might have had a chance of picking a quarterback. Um, kind of glad they didn't, but I, I think it's uh, you know because I think they can get more value in other places for when they finally do replace Matt Ryan. There's weapons in place that. A lot of them are still on rookie contracts. Um, but I think that with Chicago, you have an innovative coach in Matt Nagy. He's been limited with Trubisky. Trubisky's been a back – I mean, Trubisky's a good quarterback, but that's all he is. He's a good quarterback, which means good enough to be a solid backup somewhere. And he's going to be the backup, I think, in Buffalo, right? Yes. Yeah. So when you when you look at – and uh, when you look at this Bears quarterback situation, 
you just opened up a whole new section of the playbook with uh, with Justin Fields, and I think he's going to be electric there. And that division is there for the taking because you're going to have Jordan Love twice a year. Um, I'm I'm predicting that you're going to have yeah. Jared Goff <laughs> twice a year and Kirk Cousins twice a year. Justin Fields is immediately going to be the best quarterback in this division. Uh, and, and and that's no shot at Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins only can get you so far and only can do so much. Fields is outstanding. I love this pick. I love it. I love it. Love it. All right. So let's look at the the tail end of the top 10 because um, I think it gets interesting there. Uh, you have most notably sitting there at number five, you have Cincinnati picking Jamar Chase. Uh, the previous pick was Kyle Pitts, number four to the Falcons. Those two picks, let's evaluate them. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, you know, it had been rumored that Pitts was going to go in the top five. And, uh, you know, he is a special talent for his size at 6'6", 245. He's incredible. And, you know, it with that pick with the Falcons, it, it you know, you wondered if, okay, uh, are we going to try to get another quarterback here, a young quarterback here, groom him? Uh, or are we going to go for immediate satisfaction here and get one of the top players, arguably the top? I mean, to be quite honest, probably one of the top athletes in this draft. I would definitely put him up in the top three, just plain athletes. And they decided to go that route. And I think Arthur Smith probably won that battle, uh, you know, thinking, hey, you know, just give me this guy. We've got a quarterback here who's got tons of experience, you know, and has been good. I can get more out of him and make him really good. Look what I did with the Titans. So, I, you know, I like the pick. That's the route they decided to go. Yeah, I mean, it tells you that they're ready to win now. Um, yeah, and, and it tells you that they feel, not only Arthur Smith, but uh, Terry Fontenot feels that this team is right there, ready to go. They just need a couple pieces here and there, which a lot of pieces in the secondary, which they addressed as well. Uh, so Kyle Pitts just adds a whole new dimension of explosiveness. What I didn't like was that Cincinnati picked Jamar Chase when they need so badly a, le- uh, a tackle and Penny Sewell sitting, his big butt was sitting right there at number five for the taking. Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback last year for the Bengals. So what do they do? They go just go get another wide receiver and say, all right, let's continue with this chuck and duck. Well, it, it was, uh, you know, that was that was a spot. You know, a lot of people thought that they were going to take an offensive lineman there. Uh, and and as you said, Sewell is the, was the top guy. But they decided to go with, with Chase. And, I mean, you know, the guy is dynamic. Uh, that gives them T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as as wide receivers there. That that's pretty pretty darn formidable in in that. And and I think they look at it this way, you know. Uh, there's some guys that. F- I guess the beast, the Steelers, they're getting long in the tooth at a lot of positions, and this is their opportunity to stay young and have a really good young core of players to possibly overtake them here in the near future. Yeah, no doubt. And I just, I don't know who who knows about what the what the Bengals are looking for, but um, I just had to throw that shot at the, the the most notoriously cheap franchise in all of professional sports, uh, the Cincinnati plus, Bengals. Plus, plus, you know, Corey, it, it's not a sexy pick to take an offensive tackle there. 
it probably is. It's the smart pick. That's not the sexy pick. It's right. not going to get the fans fired up, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The sexy pick there was Chase versus Sewell. Yeah. And, you know, I think they got a great receiver. It's not a knock on Chase. I just don't think Burrow's going to be able to get him the ball. Burrow, Burrow might not have a right shoulder after next year. He might, it might get knocked off like halfway through the season. So you've <laughs> got to find some way to get some viable offensive linemen so that you can let Joe Burrow throw. He's got weapons now. He's got some guys that can that can make some plays. I mean, he's got Chase now, so I, I don't know. Figure it out, I guess, right? So yeah. any other surprises stand out to you in the first round? Um, but I was a little bit surprised that uh, J.C. Horn went ahead of Patrick Sertain uh, yeah, I was too. in the pick. Uh, I, yeah. I was a little bit surprised by it. I thought Sertain was clearly the number one choice. But listen, J.C. Horn had a great year. He's a terrific player. You know, he went uh, eight to Carolina and then Denver took Sertain at nine. Yeah. And I, I was kind of surprised. I thought Denver might might would be looking in the quarterback market and jump up there and grab fields, but they didn't. They 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 went certain certain just fell in their lap. I, I guess they were so surprised that certain was there that they just had to take him. So I think it had it had it been between Horn and, and Fields, they might would have chose Fields and I guess just told Drew Drew Locke to go kick rocks. I guess I don't know, but um, see, I, I I would like for the here's what I want them to do. I want them to cut Drew Locke. I want the Falcons to pick up Drew Locke, groom him to be the backup, and then when Matt Ryan takes over, boom, he's back. That that would be an ideal scenario. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably too smart. So, um, but yeah, I, I think when you look at the draft, not not many surprises. That one kind of surprised me, but not really. Um, I, I think Eric Stokes going to the Packers kind of surprised me. I thought Ojalari falling out of the first round surprised me. Um, the Raiders grossly reaching on Leatherwood. They probably could have picked Leatherwood in the late second, early third area. Um, but they reached on him. There was plenty of good tackles available when they picked Leatherwood and or guards or whatever Leatherwood is. Um, they picked him. I, I thought that was a reach. But outside of that, I, I think things went about as expected. The the Giants really, uh, the Giants really kind of <laughs> wheel and wheeled and dealed. Um, but I think they eventually got Kadarius Tony, which will, will end up being a pretty good pick for them. Uh, Devontae Smith going to my are going to he's going to Philly and yes. Waddle's going to Miami really good picks there I think that that will add some things but to it is to we'll see what he's got uh the Titans Caleb Farley uh we'll end our draft talk with the Titans Caleb Farley let me, let me add one more before that I, I I tell you to me the most perfect draft pick besides Jacksonville taking Lawrence just a win-win, perfect fit was Najee Harris going to the Steelers. Love that. I mean, you can't get any better. That is, he's got Pittsburgh Steelers written all over him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, that his resume speaks for itself. They need an explosive running back. They haven't had that since Le'Veon Bell. And that just adds another dimension. That's going to protect the pass game. That's going to protect Roethlisberger. I think you're going to see this offense be a little bit more balanced, and I think that'll be good for Pittsburgh. They they screamed out to an 11-0 start, but they really didn't, they really didn't have a running game. No, not they at all. They were doing it all through the air. They were doing it all through smoke and mirrors. Then it finally all caught up to them, and then boom, they fell on their face. Went I think one and five down the stretch. So 
you you look at a team like Pittsburgh who desperately needs a running back. James Conner ain't the answer. He's not the full time answer. Benny Snell's not the answer. You know, maybe you go a committee approach with Harris and and Snell. So I, I think that's the best case scenario. And 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 Harris can be a a, a three down guy. So I, I really yeah I agree with you. I, I really I really like that pick. Uh, I, I liked ETN going to Jacksonville too at twenty five. I, I did. I mean, I you, there great. you go. You got a quarterback and a running back yep. for years to come. I, I love that pick also. And then you pair him with James Robinson. You got a pretty good duo that back there. Yes, then absolutely. You add- you add ETN into a passing game that already has DJ Shark, that already has LaVisca Chenault. You sign, uh, you have Eifert as a tight end. And of course, Tebow. That's what I wanted to talk about, Tebow. Tebow, yes. signing as a tight end. Gimmick? I think it's a gimmick. I think it's to sell tickets. He, he's never played tight end a day in his life. You're going to ask him to go block NFL defensive ends? I love Tebow to death, but yeah, I think he's great for the sport. And he's easy to root for now that he's not a gator, but <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I, I think I agree with you. I think it's a stretch also, but you know what? If you're Jacksonville, you know, at this point, what's, what, what have you got to lose? That's true. You can only go, you up. know, I mean, you can, if you're Jacksonville, you can afford to gamble, you know, I mean, you had the first pick in the draft for a reason because your team stunk last year. Well, they were masterful and, tankers too. Did, yeah. did you like they they could have won five games last year, but they pulled Dar- they pulled Gardner Minshew to ensure they'd had the number one pick. Did you, did you notice that? Uh, yeah, that was well. Like I said, I'm sure uh, uh, Minshew would have got them out of the Lawrence sweepstakes. Yeah, I'm sure so Urban Meyer appreciates that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does, because they would probably still have Doug Marone and, and Gardner Minshew, which I love Minshew. Minshew's one of my favorites, but he's not a franchise quarterback. He's a spot starter. He He's the new Chase Daniel. He's the Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's he's the guy that can start for you and not, not screw it up and actually do some cool things, but you get them 17 games, they're going to figure him out. But uh, Titans, Caleb Farley, uh, they had some questionable picks. Uh, Monty Rice was a great one um, playing inside linebacker. I think that's uh, that's going to give them a, a dimension against the run there. Uh, I I don't really know. They had a chance to pick Amon Ross St. Brown. They went with uh, Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. I don't know the rationale behind that. I just know more about Amon Ross St. Brown than I do. Um, you know, if you're talented enough to have an older brother in the league already, it means you're probably pretty good at football, right? So I. I I wish they would have picked him. That would have been that would have been dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and you t- you're talking about uh, Farley. You know, many many questions about him. Uh, lingering back issues. He had sur- multiple surgeries. Uh, that's always a red flag. But if this guy is healthy, he is special. Six two one ninety seven. That kind of size for a corner is elite. Yeah. And uh, but again. Having had back issues in my past when I was in much better shape than I am now, um, it, it's it, it, it's troublesome. Uh, you're rolling the bones, but you know apparently they were happy with what they heard from their medical staff as far as this is concerned, and so they went ahead and pulled the trigger. And it could end up being a bust like it was last year with Isaiah Wilson. 
for another reason besides his off the field shenanigans and the fact that it could be a bust because of uh, medical issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm more concerned with the medical than I am the the character stuff. I think he'll think he'll find a way to pull it together character wise, but. Um, I mean, I could be wrong too, but, um, and then, uh, the, the name, the, the other, the other kid they drafted that as soon as they drafted him, he gets, he gets popped for, uh, domestic violence accusations. I don't know where that case stands. I haven't followed it since it broke, but you know, what, what are you hearing on that front? Well, apparently, um, you know, I, I would think, you know, you got to wonder how they they were not able to uncover that. I, one would think that if they knew that, they would not have picked him at that right. point. I, to just yeah. to be honest, just because of the fact that you know it's the what it carries with it, and you and you, yeah. you just don't want that distraction on your team. So did, I, did that was rather interesting that that came out later on. Yeah, I mean they. Did, do these team? I, I guess they didn't do enough digging, right? So, Apparently not. I, I, this day and time, I don't know how you can keep that from. As much as the NFL teams dig into your past, I just don't know how they could not have known that. So does that make you question John Robinson a little bit? Uh, I don't know if I question John Robinson a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else could have uncovered that. I have no idea, but. You know, uh, those type of things, you know, in this day and age, you think that with all the, the media and all the social media, you know, that really there's nothing that can't be uncovered. And apparently that's not the case. We we found it out here because I find, like I said, I find it extremely hard to believe they would have taken him if they would have known uh, what was going on. Right, right. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, it just makes you it just makes you wonder. So. Let's put that to bed. Uh, draft is over. Uh, I think a lot of teams got got better, filled some holes. I think uh, for the first time, there's not a whole lot of head negative headlines of this team screwed this pick up, and not a whole lot of that. I think this was a deep draft. And I think a lot of people got a lot of what they needed. Um, this is the first time I've been able to have that conversation. Uh, I think some teams did well. You'll you'll kind of see it play out. Then again, it was a COVID year, and we didn't see a lot of these people. So uh, who knows? But it's done. It's over. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, – we'll read the rookie mini mini camp reports. Uh, the NFL is on a regular schedule now, so that's good. And then I can't wait to see how this how these rookies play out in training camp. So that being said, speaking of training camp, uh, a guy that's had to hit the ground running, Lance Leopold, introduced uh, last week, I believe, or last couple within the last couple of weeks, I guess. I don't, how, I don't know. It's been since we last recorded, so – uh, Lance Leopold is your new head coach of the Kansas football Jayhawks. In my opinion, grand slam hire. I I, I loved him uh, at Buffalo. I thought he did a tremendous job there. I thought, you know, that program is one of those that was a Mac bottom feeder before he got there, and they had some blips of success, but they became a constant nuisance and a constant you know, I, I guess a constant power in uh, in the MAC conference. I thought he recruited really well uh, for his conference and for where he was. It's hard to recruit to Buffalo, hard, really hard. Um, and and I think he did a good job of that. He knows. I think he's from the Midwest, so I think this is more more home for him. Uh, he's been in the state of Kansas before. I think he 
I think he was an assistant at Kansas State. You can uh, you can fact check me with the, with the hard facts here in a, in a minute. But I really like the hire. I think Kansas did a good job with it. I hope that they can put all this Les Miles stuff behind them. Uh, they need to be good for the sake of the Big 12, for the sake of college football. I like this hire. I think it's a great one. I think this, you know, early predictions, this kind of has a Matt Campbell feel to it, you know, where Matt Campbell takes over a pitiful Iowa State program, and now they're the second best team in the Big 12. I kind of feel those vibes a little bit. I'm not going to rush to say that it's going to happen, but I feel those vibes with uh, with Leopold. I didn't feel it with Kleinman uh, coming to Kansas State from North Dakota State, but I do feel it with with Leopold. I agree with you. I think this was a a tremendous hire for Kansas. In, in no way would I have thought that they would be able to pull off a, a, a hire like this. Considering well, they have to hire me. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no way I would thought they would have uh, been able to hire a coach of this caliber. It, it uh, and you you made a good point, uh, Corey. He's used to. Being at difficult places, this is not going to be a culture shock for him running into roadblock after roadblock. Uh, he's used to it. He's at Buffalo. You know, he's at Wisconsin Whitewater as the head coach. You know, you're working deficiently at that uh, at that level. You know, you're, you're not able to do a lot of things because of uh, various, you know, uh, money, money. Uh, problems, et cetera, et cetera. But he's used to that. He knows what it is to build a school, a program back up. I, I think it was an excellent hire. You know, Leopold's name was mentioned at a lot of top-notch jobs that were open several months ago. Uh, and, you know, just a terrific hire by Kansas. And I agree. I, I hope he turns things around uh, at Kansas. You know, there was a time where, uh, you know, Kansas for many, many, many years was the bottom feeder. They were horrible, got back up, and then they were back down again uh, and moved past the Les Miles situation and picked up a perfect hire. I, I love this hire. Man, I you know, I think Leopold's gonna gonna appreciate your your uh, your kind words there. But um, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm a huge fan of this hire. I think it's gonna be good. I think what he brings to the table, recruiting wise, motivation wise, community wise, I think they can rally around him. So Lance Leopold, the new head football coach for the Kansas Jayhawks. There you go. Great hire. Maybe Matt Matt Campbell vibes. Hopefully for for Jayhawk fans. That's the truth. Somebody needs to step in there and knock off Oklahoma. Uh, Iowa State was close, but not quite. Maybe Kansas can jump in the mix as well and and do that. So uh, let's talk. There's a there's another uh, there's there's some some sort of championship game this weekend. I, I don't know. Oh yeah, the FCS final, the FCS the FCS national championship is this weekend. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits versus the number two seed Sam Houston State Bearcats. Now. A lot of people are saying uh, when they when they seed these things, oh, you know, it's a sixteen team playoff. You know, they any one of these teams could be seeded number two or number one, and but the committee got it right. The two best teams ended up running the gauntlet and ended up meeting down in Frisco. Uh, I, I think this was one of the best things to watch the FCS playoffs. 
the drama that ensued. I don't think there was a lack of drama with 16 teams. I think you had plenty of it. You had plenty of great matchups. You have to win three games to win a national championship instead of just one, instead of just two. Um, so I, I really like it uh, for that format. That's another that's another topic for another day. Uh, I'm, I'm building future shows here. I'm, I'm doing a hell of a job doing that. But uh, <laughs> South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits versus the Bearcats. Bearcats coming from the Southland Conference, extremely explosive uh, team that you know I, I think they average a million and a half points. They've they've put up a, a few seventy burgers. They're hot right now. Uh, they're a team that uh, stood toe to toe with James Madison, and if you can do that, you've got my respect. And South Dakota State just blew out Delaware. So not a great not a great afternoon in the semifinal for the Colonial, but uh, you know you have South Dakota State who's playing just as good as anybody. Mark Gronowski is outstanding quarterback. They have a lot of weapons there at South Dakota State, and they just play really good, really good football. And I, I said if there was a Missouri Valley team that was going to knock off North Dakota State, it was going to be the Jackrabbits. And I'll be damned if they didn't do that. So. Uh, how do you see this matchup? You know, I think it's going to be a really good ball game. And you know what? The, the one of the things that I really like about this is it's going to be a get start. It's going to be Sunday at one o'clock central, and ABC yes uh, will be carrying the game. That's going to open up a lot of viewers that have never seen an FCS game. You know, and and I think that's great. I, I love the fact that it's going to be on ABC and it's going to open up so many more doors for people to see FCS football. I, that's the first thing that I really like about it. I, I think it's going to be a really good ball game. Uh, I think both these on paper, both these teams are pretty equal. Uh, you know, Sam's Houston State had a great comeback to knock off James Madison. They were down twenty four to three at the half. Uh, They've got an excellent team when undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, South Dakota State, you know, they uh, – a, a team that really, obviously, you wouldn't think they would have blown out Delaware like they did 33-3 in the semis. So, they have been, as you said, Corey, hot. Uh, I really look for a, for a fantastic game. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think for South Dakota State – for them to win, I think you know they've got to continue controlling the line of scrimmage. They they set a uh, they I think they set a single game playoff record with twelve tackles for loss and seven sacks against Delaware. And and I think if their defense can continue to play that way, they put a lot of pressure on you and they they make things really difficult. And Sam Houston State, I, I think that they have some holes in their protection schemes, and I think they you know I think that's where they're vulnerable and and their defense is not as good. So if you can get Mark Gronowski rolling a little bit offensively. They can control the clock a little bit. They run the ball a lot better than Sam Houston State does. I I think there's some things that they can do to control the pace and tempo of the game. Defensively, they flat get after you, and they're good. They're really good, especially up front. And so I I think that's where the advantage lies. For Sam Houston State, if they can, I I think for them to win, it's going to be a tall order because this Jackrabbit team is outstanding. But I think for Sam Houston State, if they can if they can dictate the tempo, if they can put a lot of points up and, and and force the Jackrabbits into some, you know, into some costly errors or whatever, they can take advantage of that. If they can somehow find a way to dictate the pace of the game and dictate the tempo of the game, get get the Jackrabbits back on their heels a little bit, 
that's where I think they're good, right? They're good at just pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. Like the Nolan, they're they're like the Nolan Richardson version of forty minutes of hell. They're just gonna like if they can get into that mode, they can press you, press you, press you, press you, and all of a sudden here they scored a bunch of points, and, and you 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 don't even know what what just happened. That's how they beat Nickel State. That's how they that's how they won their conference. The, uh, but you know, as far as the Jackrabbits go, they're they're coming from the SEC of of. FCS with the uh, the Missouri Valley, so you know I trust the schedule. I trust that they're battle tested, and I trust that their their road has been a lot tougher. So they're they're a lot grittier. They're a lot. You know, I think they just had that playoff experience um, this year, where they've had to they've had to win. They've won games of all different ways. They had to come back and and get in a slugfest with with Delaware, not with Delaware, but with Southern Illinois. They blew out Delaware. They had a game where they started a little bit slow. In the first round, and got their you know what together. Uh, so they they've kind of done it all different ways. So I, I'm excited to see what this final brings. I, I think I'm predicting South Dakota State is going to be your national championship. Well, they're a four and a half point favorite. So do I'm, they cover the four it. and a half? Yes, they do. Well, I, you know, if you stuck a gun to my head, the over under is 40, 47 and a half. I'd take the over in this game. Yeah, I'm not betting the spread. Not yeah. confidently, but I, I would bet the over for sure. Yeah, um, but but I do. If you put a gun to my head, I, w- I would probably take the spread and the over. Um, I'd, I'd probably take I'd probably take the Jackrabbits uh, minus four and a half. But um, I think they're going to win by I think they're going by six six or seven. So um, I think they, I think they cover. I think they win. They cover and they get the uh, they win for the money line. They cover for the spread and they hit the over. I think that's the trifecta. The trifecta, yes, the <laughs> trifecta, um, and, and I think that's how it's going to shake out. Uh, Sam Houston is a really good football team. I don't think you know. Obviously, they expended a lot of energy. James Madison, they ain't South Dakota State. James Madison's good, but they're flawed, right? They have some flaws, and and Sam Houston was able to expose those flaws. Maybe they can expose the same flaws, but. Who knows? I'm rooting for South Dakota State. I really like Mark Gronowski. I really like what they do. So, uh, a couple of rapid fire topics. Uh, Henry to- 2020. I think that's how you say his name, right? 2020. Uh, 2020. 2020. 2020. Um, to say he got an upgrade and to say Bama got an upgrade at the same time. Yeah, he's transferring to Bama. What a terrible situation for him to transfer into, right? <laughs> well, you know, it'd been rumored for a while, uh, early on, months ago, that he was going to go. It was just a foregone conclusion that he was going to Alabama. And then we had several months where there was nothing. Then there was a few little rumors that, you know, Tennessee was back in the picture and then it got quiet. It was gone. And then suddenly uh, it comes out that he has, uh, that he's going to Alabama. A really good pickup for Alabama, no doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of Tennessee fans are upset by the fact that he went to Alabama. You know, it is what it is, Corey. You know, the, the days of uh, the bitterness and rival in between rivals as far as the players go, it's just not there like it used to be. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that these guys are a lot of these different uh, uh, camps, you know, combines, et cetera. They become friends and, you know, they want to see, you know, their fellow guy do well. So I think it has taken out a lot of that, the bitterness uh, uh, of the rivalry. 
you know, I, I, I'm all for it. It, it. To me, if you don't want to be somewhere, then go somewhere else. Yeah, and, you and got if the I'm another to other team, so. move on. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Do I blame him for leaving? I mean, if you look at the writing on the wall at this point, you don't know what kind of penalty Tennessee's going to get, uh, and you're looking going at a team that's a, a you know a contender for the national championship. Well, you're staying at Tennessee, and you know if you finish 500, you've had a hell of a year. So, mm-hmm. and, and the fact, you know, he's from California. People are, oh, where's his loyalty? He, he doesn't have any loyalty to Tennessee. He didn't grow up being a Tennessee fan and live in the state of Tennessee and et cetera, so on, so on, so on, you know? And you can't blame the kid. He's looking out for his financial well-being in the future. And the fact that he feels that Alabama will do him the best, more power to him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's, you know. It's more and more like a business decision. I, I think uh, with this name, image, likeness deal, uh, I think you've got, I think you've certainly got avenues for that. I think that changes the recruiting game. I think uh, for him, he knows, hey, if I go to Bama, I'm already good. I'm gonna get better. I'm playing for the, I'm playing for the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. I'm gonna get drafted in the first round. I'm gonna make a ton of money, and I'm gonna have a hopefully long career in the NFL. God willing, I stay injury free. I'm gonna have a long career in the NFL. So. Why not? You know, you have a coaching change at Tennessee. He probably wasn't happy to begin with. So, I don't blame him. Good for Bama. Good for Henry Toto. 2020. And, uh, you know, I, I hope they uh, hope they bolster their, their deal. So, um, you know, looking at the future of recruiting, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Name, image, likeness. Uh, the state of Georgia passed a bill. I think the state of Florida followed suit. Tennessee's about to follow suit. And I think you're going to see the dominoes start to fall. Uh, the, the language of, of the bill is going to vary state to state, and that's where you're going to get your differences. But uh, in the state of Georgia, uh, they are allowed, athletes are allowed to obviously get paid for their name, image, or likeness, right? They're able to get endorsement deals. Um, they, they're guaranteed to, keep, to be able to keep 25%, but the university at their discretion can take up to 75% of their earnings and redistribute it into a pool for, for other athletes. The University of Georgia and I think Georgia Tech as well have both gone on record and saying they're not gonna they're not gonna actually do that, even though they have the ability to um maybe maybe save it for for a time like if a player gets in trouble, you know, they might enact that ability. But for the most part, they're gonna let the if the player earns it, they're gonna let him keep it. And I think that's a great thing uh for I think that's a great thing for the college football player. I, I, I do think they deserve to be paid a little bit. Uh, I do think that if if they have a chance to get endorsements, great. Um, but uh, it's going to be a weird situation, I think, too, when you look at recruiting and when you look at how that's going to affect the dynamics of the locker room. So, so Craig, I, I, I think you and I differ on this, but I think ultimately it's going to be a great thing. They've got to figure out how to how to manage it. There's going to be some kinks. It's going to look ugly at first. It's going to be a mess, kind of like the transfer portal is. It's going to be a mess. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a good thing for for the athletes, and it'll even itself out. Well, no, I, I mean, I agree with you on that. I, I think it will be, too. Uh, there are going to be some 
things, some loopholes, et cetera, that are going to favor one or the other, the school, the player in the beginning before you get things ironed out. And there are going to be bumps in the road uh, as far as it's go. Now, I don't know where the 75%, 25% came from. To me, it should be 50-50. You know, yeah. you got this athlete that's representing your school. Obviously, he can't uh, showcase his talent and make his money without you, the school. But then again, I say vice versa. This guy's bringing in a ton of money to your school if he's an excellent player. That means fans in the stands, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know why it's not 50-50. That, to me, makes no sense. And that's why you see Georgia Tech and, and UGA kind of balking at that and saying, yeah, we're not going to – don't worry, athletes. We're not going to take 75%. Yeah. Just because we can, we're not going to. And I doubt they would even ask for the 50%. You know? Right. They would right. just find – I think what they're going to do is find opportunities for their other athletes. Like – Back in the heyday of, of UGA gymnastics, Courtney, Courtney and uh, Ashley Coupets could have gone anywhere in Athens and been been on a billboard or done some sort of advertising deal or, or had some sort of appearance. They were rock stars in female athletics or in just University of Georgia, period. They could have made a ton of money, probably. Uh, I think you had Tasha Humphrey that could have made a lot of money in women's athletics. You had some baseball players, some basketball well, Maybe not a lot of basketball players. Georgia's not really good at, at men's basketball, but there was, you know, like Anthony Edwards could have gotten could have gotten some sort of endorsement deal. You know, where does shoe like does shoe companies now come in and start signing athletes? Well, imagine, and I'll use Georgia here. Imagine the money that Herschel Walker uh, would have pocketed mm-hmm. on the sale of number thirty four jerseys. Yeah, and Bo Jackson and also, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Bo Jackson, Peyton Manning at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to this day, they're still selling those. You know, yeah. you still can buy those mm-hmm. uh, to this day. So to me, again, that is the unfair part of this. I know the, that the kids are getting a free college education, but, you know, the comparison now versus 40 years ago is just not there. It's just mm-hmm. not there anymore. It's a billion dollar industry now, so absolutely, let them have a piece of the pie. It, it's 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 apples and oranges now. I mean, it's, there's no comparison to the way it used to be 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I'm all for free enterprise. I think these kids need to be compensated in some way, as far as this goes. There's a lot to figure out as far as it goes. There's going to be. You know, core. There's going to be some shenanigans go on, mm-hmm. and you know that that's going to be part of it. When you people people talk about the dirtiness of college athletics, you know it's a business. It is a huge business, and just like out in the business world, there are things that happen that uh, there are people, many people in jail right now for fraud, etc., uh, because of their unscrupulous uh, business practices. And guess what? It's a business. College mm-hmm. athletics is a business, and there's going to be things to happen that are – when money comes to play, uh, that's going to happen. Really, the only – to me, the only way to really clean it up is to make everybody non-scholarship, and you take away the TV. That takes away the money. Mm-hmm. That takes away the money. 
Basically, you become, even though Ivy has some TV, but you take away, really, everybody becomes an Ivy League school. Mm -hmm. That's the way you clean it up. Now, there is no way that's going to happen. No, so, no you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to put up with it. And believe me, I have shook my head plenty of times and been embarrassed by some of the accusations and some of the things that have happened uh, with my alma mater, which is University of Tennessee. I'm sure I'm going to shake my head when all this comes out about what happened under the Jeremy Pruitt machine. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm going to shake my head and just go. That's just embarrassing. I have a diploma from University of Tennessee, you know, and and I'm sure I'm going to be embarrassed by it. But you know what? You have to look at it this way. This this it is a huge business and this stuff is going to happen. It's unfortunate that it will. But you know what? When it comes to money, people will some people will do whatever it takes to win and make more money. Yep, exactly. Uh, That's why. Uh, Elon Musk. That's why uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos could give everyone in the world one billion dollars and still have ninety-one billion left over, but he still continues to try to make more money and buy more assets because he can, right? And Alabama's going to continue to profit because they can. However, here's the other avenue of it. Now I think you look at these bigger cities, these bigger city markets. That changes the game in recruiting to me, right? Because True. now you have these business owners that are alums of certain schools that could never recruit against Alabama in a normal situation. Now you throw in endorsement deals. Hey, we can offer you more in endorsement deals to come to to come to NC State, to come to Duke or Wake Forest, or you know, or we can offer you more. Like Anheuser Busch could say. Hey, come to Mizzou. We can offer you something here, you know, and, and maybe that's enticing. Like you're getting more into business decisions now with with college football, and it's more of just like NFL light, which it's what it is now anyway. So it doesn't water down the game any. I think it. I think it builds parity. So you expand the playoffs, introduce NIL, and profit. I think it's a I think it's a great recipe. I you know, I, I appreciate the work that's done. I hope that they do it right. Some teams won't. Some teams will still get into shenanigans, but with anything, anything in this world, there's there's nothing in this world that's shenanigan free. Nothing. Not a thing. That's that's shenanigan free. So knowing that, you're gonna let me, let me pose, this, let me pose this question to you. This is a situation here that I, I don't know how they're gonna handle. Obviously, well, I don't obviously and you know this, Corey, being in the Nashville area, Nick Saban is a stake, is a, he's part owner. I don't know how, what his percentage of ownership is in a Mercedes dealership in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Okay. I All know right. he has more. Let's say he has one. I'm sure he probably does. Has one in Tuscaloosa or Birmingham or whatever. Yeah. And let's say they decide to endorse um, Bryce Young. Yeah. What I mean, where is the line drawn right there? There's not one. There's not a line. They can endorse him if they want to. Even though your head coach is a percentage owner of this business. I, I don't think that's going to matter. I don't think he's enough majority enough owner to, to for that to matter. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I, I don't think they would police that, but I don't know. Like, 
be difficult to police. Wow. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you, you know, how do you know? Like, because Nick Saban's not involved in the day-to-day action, so I, I feel like people, even though he has, I think he's just name only and, and investment only, but I don't think he's making any major decisions. That would be an interesting case um, because, you know, you give a whole family uh, a group of, a set of Mercedes. Like, hey, Bryce Young, you and your family, uh, to play football at the University of Alabama, we will give your, we'll give your family free Mercedes Benzes if you ride with the uh, Mercedes Benz sticker on there, right? I, I think they would get off on a technicality because he's not, it's not, his name's not in the title and he's not the, I don't think he's involved in day-to-day operations. I think they would get off on those technicalities. It's super shady, but they would get off on those technicalities. Yeah, I mean, what what makes them think, you know, again, it opens up, as we said, there's going to be bumps in the road. This is a potential bump in the road. Uh At what point does, where do you draw the line of saying, oh, that's illegal recruiting, that's inducements versus no, we're just endorsing him, just letter of the law. He is endorsing our product and we're paying him for an endorsement. Right. Uh, I I think... that's where I think it lies, honestly. Um, so you, you, uh, it's it's interesting. I think it's you know letter of the law versus you know whatever. So that's an interesting one. I, I'd I'd love to see that one play out. So, um, last thing before we go, Craig. Corey Mobs comes from Lanier High School. Let's jump into high school. Joins Nat, not not Nashville Catholic, Knoxville Catholic. Uh, becomes the new head coach for Knoxville Catholic High School, comes from uh, Gwinnett County Lanier High School. Uh, actually, a shameless plug here, if you want to hear what Corey Mobs has to say, check out my show on Believe in Georgia Dogs, uh, tailgate special. Back in the summer, we recorded, I recorded with uh, with Corey Mobs and, uh, and Coach Lovelady at Mill Creek. We talked uh, a bunch of different things, and and uh, that was a really good episode. Uh, really good, really fun listen from the early days of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. So check that one out if you really if you want to kind of get a glimpse and and what you can expect uh, for for Knoxville Catholic. But to me, what stands out about him is his is his ability to build a great football culture, and I think he's going to do that at Knoxville Catholic. Well, he's he, you know Knoxville Catholic is known to to put out a lot of really good football players, and uh, you know for example the the Mays brothers that are at the University of Tennessee right now come to the top of my head, uh, you know, and uh, it, it is a uh, premier job, and for them to lure uh, him uh, north northeast is a uh, plum for them. His wife is from Knoxville. That was the draw. Ah, uh, okay. I did she not went know to Tennessee, that. and I think she's from Knoxville. So that was the draw. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I really like what he does. His Lanier teams were were dominant in a, in a county that is not really conducive for a team to dominate. And and he 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 was always deep into the playoffs. Um, always had really good talent. A few elite guys coming through there, but not really like a ton of like elite talent. He was really good at developing a culture. He's really good at developing players and and getting them to play above the level that they're at. And I think when you introduce more elite players into the mix, I mean, 
this Knoxville Catholic team is going to be dominating. They're going to be dominating Division Two for quite a long time here in Tennessee. So welcome to the state of Tennessee. Welcome to Knoxville Catholic Coach Mobs. Well, it's going to, I tell you what, it's going to be interesting to, to see them, uh, you know, butt heads with uh, a Brentwood Academy, obviously a traditional power. Also, Ensworth, it's been a little bit down, but it has won multiple state championships and NBA, uh, which won it last year. Uh, you know, uh, those are those are going to be some really good battles. And I'm not mentioning even like a, a Christian Brothers out of Memphis. So uh, that Division II AAA is <laughs> in the state of Tennessee is uh, it, it is a uh, going to be a war. And Dilfer, get your big boy pants on and get your butt up into Division Three or Triple A, Division Two, Triple A. <laughs> Come on, man! I'd like, say it'll probably happen here sooner than later. It needs to happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. So let's will it to happen. I think Dilfer needs to be with the best. If he's going to be the best, you got to beat the best. And BJ is not the best you need to go beat Corey Mobs at, at Knoxville Catholic if you want to be the best, right? Or NBA, who's the current state champion, right? Yes. Let's yeah, let's start there, right? So um, that's going to do it for us, Craig. Uh, another great episode here um, on the Coaching Chatter Podcast. Remember, hometownteam615.com. Kenny Salas, he's got all your realty needs. We are presented by the home team, Keller Williams Realty, Kenny Salas, Wilson County, Middle Tennessee. Also, uh, we were br- also we were brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Uh, we thank them for their for all their efforts in, in supporting our show and giving me an avenue to make small time bets so that I can just have a little bit of entertainment here every once in a while. So you can find me at Coach Burton thirty six. On Twitter at Burton.Corey. On Instagram, you can find my other shows at Believe in Dogs. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find you can also find me on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast each and every week. Uh, you can find Craig at the Craig Lad on t- on Twitter. Uh, you can find Soar Athletic Training on Twitter and Instagram. You can find our third amigo Kurt Page at Kurt Page six two nine on Twitter and. Uh, Follow us on social media. Rate us, review us, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Get back in the mix, right? We took a couple of hibernations, but that's okay. We're going to be back and better than ever uh, when we uh, we got some big things coming in uh, down the pike. So uh, for Craig Ladd, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Coaching Chatter Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the FCS final. I'm picking the Jackrabbits, and so is Craig. Thank you, and have a great weekend. See you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.